Hello, all. Welcome to the Chirp and Yodis podcast. Had a bit of a rough week uh, with uh, not so many goals scored, but we're here to talk about that as your favorite Coyotes fans. I'm Tyler, joined with my buddy Chase and Professor Grandy. Boys, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Trying to forget the memory of this past week's Coyotes games. Yeah, you can see that again. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, not our shiniest best week uh, with uh, <laughs> three goals over five games, the lethal combination. Um, let's keep this short, boys. It seems like we are pretty much thinking the same we kind of thought last week uh, with a few less wins, unfortunately. But is there anything you guys really kind of want to add before we get into our fun exchange here? No, I mean, honestly, everything that happened last week is pretty much what we called or or over this past week is pretty much what we called in last week's episode. Just not able to generate offense, getting outplayed consistently, goaltender saving us, needing to play a perfect game. Just All of it just came to a head this week, and it's not – like we talked about last week, it's not a consistent way to win games. It's going to lose you more than it wins you, and that's what we saw. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Randy. Uh, it's you know, obviously disappointing and frustrating where we're at. Um, you know, we've, we've touched on so many of these things, um, you know, over the last couple episodes, and, um, you know, we all – we're under the impression that we, we were better than what we had been showing. And, you know, it's just kind of, we seem to hit that wall and uh, it seems to be a long, a long drop that we've taken off the cliff here. Um, you know, it's just, you just can't get anything going. It's, it's super frustrating, but um, you know, hopefully we can get it, um, you know, corrected and, and everything like that. Um, you know, I, I I'm pretty sure that we're all kind of seeing that, uh, you know, this team just just doesn't have what it takes at this point. So I've uh, done harping on it and, uh, you know, ready to see where this thing takes us, uh, you know, down the line. Most definitely. I think uh, it's like I said, it, it's been a rough week, especially because at least last week it was rough, but at least we had some W's on the board. But this past week uh, we did have an overtime loss to the abs, which I mean, that was, that was nice. At least gain a point there. Um, but I just thought of something while we were, you know, talking our little brief interview or a little intro there. What do you guys think is the biggest shift between that really fun blue series and this, this last week, do you guys see anything you can maybe think like, Hey, this is a change I see besides apparently Rick Tockett having to go or whatever the fans are saying this week. Well, honestly, it was, in that blue series, we scored first five out of seven times. We match up really well with the Blues, too, because they're kind of a team in transition well, losing a lot of their bigger pieces and going to a faster, slimmer team. And we just we matched, we matched up against them pretty well as a result. And they weren't getting their best goaltending during that stretch. Um, their goal has improved since then, and they've risen in the standings as a result. But they are also still 
right now probably the fourth team in this division when it all is said and done. Yeah, I'd agree there, Grandy. And, um, you know, I think we were kind of fortunate to get them for those seven games in a row pretty early on. Um, you know, like, like he alluded to, uh, their goaltending wasn't great. Um, scoring first in five out of seven games, which is like, you know, I can't uh, – I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but something like 70% or 67% or something like that of games that we've played were trailing – after the first goal is scored. So it's, you know, this, this team has pulled some miracles out, especially against Anaheim, you know, those three goal comebacks and stuff that you know, like we had harped on at that point, it's just not realistic to believe that they can pull themselves out of, you know, holes all the time. Um, the blues didn't have Tarasenko, which, you know, it's pretty big. He's arguably their best goal, goal scorer and most elite talent. Um, so that was good to not have to, you know, deal with him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just between that and then, you know, now it's just doesn't seem like we're winning a lot of the puck battles that we get into. I felt like we did a lot better job kind of, um, you know, coming up, uh, coming out on top of a lot of those board battles. And uh, I, mean, I, just, I just don't see it at this point. No, that's another thing I actually wanted to touch on is I know early on in the season I talked about how our physicality was fine. It was being overblown as an issue because we were winning those puck battles early on. We were doing stuff like that, and we're not anymore. We're still up near the league lead in hits, but that's because we never have the puck. you got to do something at that point. So. Just our physicality has even taken a step back. Yeah, as far as, um, you know, not it's we're physical, but we're physical in an unmeaningful way. We're, you know, chasing every game. We're pretty much dancing around all areas of the ice around us. So it's, it's scrambling. Not great. Scrambling, scrambling. I'm also noticing the frustration is definitely showing uh, with all these losses. You can definitely tell that they uh, look pretty whooped out there. But fortunately for us, I think we have a particular prospect in our beloved returning segment, the prospect pool party. If uh, Professor Granny wants to go ahead and take that one away from me. Yeah. So, so yeah, in this uh, week's edition of the prospect pool party, I want to talk about my personal favorite prospect in our prospect pool. Yeah. And unique in one development that's happened recently that actually bodes extremely well for his future and the Coyotes in general. Go on. So his offense has kind of slowed down, but the whole Roadrunners offense has slowed down. So it's kind of hard to pin that on anything in particular there. Same issues as plaguing us in Phoenix or yeah, in Phoenix is plaguing them in Tucson. But He's playing center, which is something we never expected out of him. If he can stick at center, it opens up a whole host of opportunities for us, for him, for everything. Suddenly, if a team comes calling about Schmaltz or Dvorak, we can trade them knowing that we have Hayton and Yannick coming up for those spots. If we keep both Schmaltz and Dvorak, yeah, can play the wing. I mean, 
it opens up a whole host of opportunities that weren't there previously. And it is actually a big deal that he is playing center in Tucson. So, I mean, outside of that, I really don't have too much else to report on prospect wise. It's been kind of a slow period for him, but yeah, that's about, it's still a pretty big development. Seems like it. So how's he, um, I've been actually missing a lot of roadrunners games. Unfortunately, how's he been doing in center though? Has he been is it helping his um, offensive woes at all? Uh, like I said, he's played center there his entire time down there, except for one game where he was on the wing. He started out with five points in five games, and he's only added two points since then. Oh, so it's not, like I said, the offense isn't ideal, but outside of three players in Tucson, the entire offense isn't ideal right now down there. It's like I said, they're kind of being, they're kind of struggling with the same issues in Tucson. We're struggling with up here. So, yeah. And we're pretty, we're, our farm's pretty depleted to begin with. So that, that, I mean, that's another thing when we take a look at like, uh, you know, we are suggesting rebuild, obviously, you know, you would hope that uh, we're going to start building the farm back up as well. Oh, absolutely. Need to add to it because right now, I mean, there's other prospects coming up the wing that have some hope, like Farinacci and um, Michelli. But right now, we really only have three prospects that would be marked as good, and that's not good enough. It's not, especially if you're looking at a rebuilding phrase, if you're looking at a team in its prime. You can get away with that and retool the prospect pool as it goes along, but you're looking at a team that is aging out in a lot of places. It sounds weird to say when most of the core is young, but just about everyone surrounding that core is not. And we are aging out and we are aging out fast. So we need to replace these prospects and we need to replace them soon. You think uh, the Kemper trade, if happens, would probably be the best way to acquire some of that capital? Kemper, yeah, Kemper trade would definitely be the best way, especially given all the circumstances around him. It's painful to say because none of us want to see Kemper traded. Yeah, none of player. knowledge what that means in that essentially we're embracing a full rebuild again. But we got to do what we got to do for the long-term health of this team. And that is probably the best thing for it. Yeah. It's sad to see, but I definitely agree. I hate to see another rebuild, but if it's, you know, like I said, it's in a couple of years, we're competing or even just starting to get there. I'll definitely take that over what we got going on right now. Yeah. Losing Kemper is definitely a sad, sad thought, but, uh, you know, one positive that I'd like to touch on over the last uh, little set of games, though, is um, Hill. You know, he, he's definitely looking like um, he's grown into, you know, a, a, a good tender. So I like what I see from him. But, uh, you know, just like as we touched on with every other goalie that we have, 30 plus shots a night consistently or more, you know, I've, you know, we've given, we give it up 40 sometimes even it's just, not, it's not a recipe for success. Um, you know, you get Hill and 
that, that second goal the other night just comes to mind of something that he'd probably like to have back. Um, you know, would would have been a routine save any other time, but you know that's what happens when you get peppered all game, every game. You know, it just it's unrelenting. You're definitely getting. You're definitely working when you come play for us. Yeah, you earn your dollars back there. That's for sure. Yeah, no joke. Yeah. Speaking of um, dollars, if you guys don't mind, let's. Uh, ESPN what was it uh, last week? Early this week? I don't even know what day it is. To be honest with you, uh, just kind of got the NHL rights. So I mean, I know it's kind of the hockey world's giving out their pieces, but we haven't given ours yet. So, guys, uh, what do you uh, what do you think? Yeah, I'm looking up the exact numbers right now because I don't remember the exact numbers of the deal off the top of my head. But I think it's a good thing for the NHL. It's It will help grow the game. It will get us more exposure. And it is absolutely going to uh, help out financially. That's the biggest thing. There was This was a pretty large financial deal. Oh, yeah. um, Chase, you want to talk about it a bit while I look for the actual numbers on it? Yeah, no problem. I mean, obviously, you know, um, financial is huge. Um, exposure is huge. I mean, when, when you think of ESPN, um, or I mean, when you think of sports, you know, you, you think of ESPN, you know, you've got uh, all the long running shows on there and everything like that. Um, they, you know, obviously have lacked in their NHL coverage over the past little while. Um, but that, I mean, that's to be expected. Um, you know, obviously they had the deal with ESPN before and then one of the rivals, we, we got a deal done with it. So uh, I'm excited for it to be back on ESPN. Um, you know, their little hockey theme song is is great. Uh, reminds me of when I was a kid. Um, so I, I'm happy with it. Um, and then the other good thing is, is that, you know, there's, there's still some rights out there to be had. It's not just ESPN. Um, I think I read today that, uh, you know, also NBC could be contributing some. I've heard rumors of Amazon. Uh, oh. Dark Horse of Fox. So, like, I mean, those are all rumors at this point, but, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely exciting that, uh, you know, it, it doesn't end at ESPN. There's going to be more coming in, too, which is exciting. I like that. It, I like the, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. go ahead. Oh, it sounds like uh, NBC is already going to keep them for the playoffs as well. Oh, really? So, get money from that as well, too. So, hmm. how long will they have that DLD, does it say? Uh, that deal isn't done yet. So, I mean, no deal outside of the ESPN deal is done. It's just, this is kind of what's being talked about is that they might stay with NBC for the playoffs because it's not an ESPN exclusive deal. Oh, I see. But the ESPN deal is for $2.8 billion. Jeez. And it is, but it essentially gets about eighty-seven and a half million per team, and that's wow. on top of everything else that we they've done to raise revenue this year, like helmet ads, which are staying, like reverse retros, 
Yeah, reverse retros, like all of this kind of stuff. Very awesome. I love the reverse retros. So, and I assume we'll see more stuff like the reverse retros from here on out because, I mean, I just went today and looked and it seemed like every team has sold out of them. So, Stimmy checks, baby. Um, so yeah, just it's, it's a good source to do. I like that. Uh, it's to be on ESPN Plus because I'm a huge lacrosse. I played lacrosse in college, and I, I'm a huge lacrosse fan. Probably one of the only ones south of Canada. Um, and they had NBC Gold for the Premier Lacrosse League. I'm glad that they're going to Peacock, but I'm also glad that ESPN Plus is taking over because I, I didn't mind it. I had it for. I played college hockey games, I think, last year, year before. I watched some ASU games on it. I liked it. It was nice to be all in one little app. And I also, I'm probably alone in this, but the Stephen A. Smith memes for hockey will be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it, honestly. I think it's hilarious. I don't take him too seriously, but I think he's a funny guy. I'm looking forward to his commentary on that. I think he already had a video on Twitter, now I think about it. Yeah, I saw it. So I... <laughs> I'm kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum. I I can take him in doses, but he annoys me quite a bit, to be honest. But I'm not looking forward to Stephen A. Smith commenting on hockey. I really yeah. he, he will it's not really something he's ever commented on before. So I can't imagine that he really picks it up too much. He also did uh, UFC, too, for a while there. I think they just put this guy everywhere they can. He has poor guy. I mean, does he even have days off? I don't think he works. I think he works every day a week, I think. I'm pretty sure. It seems that way. Always see him on TV. Yeah, with that uh, contract that he signed, we'll probably have to get him on every single day anyways. <laughs> poor guy covering every sport. Even if he doesn't like the sport. Poor, I, mean, that's, I, like, I like the memes. So I'm sure it'll be... A wild ride. We could have the hockey guy. I think ESPN should hire him, honestly. I think they'd have a pretty good thing going with him on their helm. Yeah, I don't think the hockey guy wants that. I think he's happy with his little YouTube life. With his cats and his room full of jerseys. Yeah, he gets to do what he wants, and he gets to talk about what he wants and stuff like that. So, Immaculate jersey collection, too. Absolutely. like Good Lord. No kidding. It's my dream. Is his jersey oh. collection my dream? Yeah, that a- guy's collection will put anybody's to shame, it seems, when it comes to that. That's insane. Probably has more than the uh, NHL Hall of Fame. Probably. Because good night. Yes. And that whole room is full. You see, just had enough room for him and his whiteboard. That's about it. Not a whole lot of room left. What it looks like in his cats. I know he puts out his jersey rankings every year or every other year. And I think last year he was up to 450. Wow. So it's insane. insane. That is really cool, though. I mean, just his the history you have. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, speaking so, of, oh, what's that? I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, say, uh, so I think we should uh, talk about this past week's poll, the uh, the one on the Keller contract. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's do it since it kind of pertains to ESPN's money coming in. Yep. That was kind of the po- point of the poll was that I, I, I had heard rumblings that this was coming due, so put that out there type thing. Um, so the Keller contract, which is seven point one five million for seven years after this year, 
Uh, is it good? Is it bad? Or is it bad now, good later? And overwhelmingly bad now, good later one, which personally I think is the right option. When you sign a long-term deal like this, it is really, really hard to live up to it in the early years. Um, it just it doesn't happen very much. But what you do when you sign these deals is you sign them for the last three, four years of this deal when it looks great. And if Keller keeps playing like this, and keep in mind he's – younger than Garland. He's younger than Dvorak. He's younger than most of these other guys in our core. He does have room to grow still. And he will. So as he does, this contract will just keep looking better and better before the end. Yeah, I agree there. Yeah, I'm in I'm in that camp too as well, and I kind of look at it this way. Obviously, um, you know, there's there's been some long term deals um, signed, you know, over the past several years. Uh, you know, like a, a Zach Parise deal comes to mind when they got him and Suter, and that at that, that point, you know, you were you were getting the most production at the beginning of the contract, obviously, and then. You know, you've got them tied up for years and years and years and years. And, um, you know, you're seeing right now that, uh, you know, that that deal doesn't look so good right now at the back end. Um, so I'd almost rather have it, um, you know, take a few years before Keller actually hits his prime and, you know, go through that deal into like the, the good part of the contract. Um then, you know, have have it, you know, the other way around as well. So, uh, but I completely agree with Grandy on that one. Yeah, me too. I mean, it seems, uh, does it say how, how much the TV deal is going to expand the cap by chance? It doesn't. Um, when Elliot Friedman was talking about it, he wasn't sure. He did warn that there is a chance it doesn't at all. I can't imagine that that doesn't happen because this money isn't being paid right now during the, it's being paid next year when we're allowing fans back in. Um, And you also have the final payment from Seattle is coming through. You have, like I said, the helmet ads, which have brought in, I think $400 million revenue league wide Mm -hmm. is what I said you have a lot of stuff that's going to eventually up the cap. And these reverse retros, I'm sure they sold like, well, yeah, it's like hotcakes. You couldn't find any. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just all told, everything told, the league did get a jump in revenue. So I'm sure something's going to come through that raises the cap. We just won't know how much until it actually gets through. I know next year there's already a deal in place to keep next year's cap flat. So my guess is in two years, we'll see a jump. Who knows how big, but we'll see a jump that year. Hmm. I just thought an interesting question popped in my head, actually, while you're uh, saying that. What if the NHL did a, how the MLB does it, that luxury tax sort of thing? What would you, besides, I think the, 
Canadian and the yep. East, Northeaster teams, which is bowl everybody. What would you guys think of that? Just for funsies. I think, I think if they do a luxury tax thing, do it more like the NBA, not like the MLB where you can sign anybody into your luxury tax, do it like the NBA where you can only sign somebody that's already on there to go into your luxury tax. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think honestly, I think it's something that will probably happen eventually because it's a good way to get revenue sharing. It's a good way to get, keep a team like Toronto happy because they can keep a Mitch Marner and not have it count against their cap as much. So that is my personal opinion on it, but I don't know what you guys would think. I think about the same. I actually didn't really know much of the NBA's luxury tax. I'm not the hugest basketball guy. I'll be honest. I definitely, it's probably my fifth most followed sport. I kind of like the Suns, you know, just because I'm from there. But anywho, yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool, especially if it's like the NBA where you can sign your own guys. You can't just do these uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. contracts for 14 years, 300 million or whatever it was. I, I think I would be definitely more okay with that than when the MLB does it for sure. Well, Fernando Tatis did sign with his own team, so it's not like it would be more like to stop the Bryce Harpers and Manny Machados who go to teams that are just willing to pay them, are just willing to pay the luxury tax. So, good old Bryce Harper. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Like, uh, like. God, it's it's tough just because, um, you know, being being a team that uh, like like we have that was so strapped and you know relying on contracts for injured players to get to the cap floor, <laughs> kind of uh, tarnishes my my thing on it because um, you know if who knows what happens with the ownership and whatnot and you know who knows if they're going to be willing to spend um you know money to put the product on the ice um you know if, if they do try to and you know it kind of backfires or what you know who, who knows what's going to happen but uh you know from from that standpoint i i would uh you know kind of be against uh you know having like a luxury tax or being able to go over the cap but uh you know in a perfect world I, I'd, I'd be for it though I, I will say the only reason I am for it is because it does up the revenue sharing. So it does up the amount of money the Coyotes would get in that search in that circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. True. Actually, true, true. I highly doubt we'd ever be a team that would to quote, go over the cap using luxury tax. Yep. We're an Arizona team after all. It's not what we're known for, for sure. Hey, the Diamondbacks fought that one championship, but hey. We oh, won. yeah, that's true. That's true. When I was seven years old, <laughs> it was, it's very true. Oh, crap, <laughs> it's 20 years ago, isn't it? Wow, I just, dang, that puts life in perspective. Yeah. Well, speaking of, I guess, um, awesome things that happened years ago, uh, for my question of the week, I'm going to steal one of our topics here. Uh, list of, Give me your favorite game that you've been to in recent memory. Tell me why it was, which one it was, and uh, yeah. Good. So I can't remember the exact date and I can't even remember the year it was. But I can tell you it was against the Minnesota Wild. I had family down from Minnesota at the time. 
We won the game. I don't remember the exact score, but the most memorable part of the night was we were lower level right by the face-off circle. And off the face-off circle, George LaRock and Derek Bugard dropped mitts in an epic fight that LaRock won. LaRock won, and not only won, but he put Bugard out of commission for the rest of the year. Um, yeah. That that was pretty special. That was that was pretty fun. That sounds awesome. Yeah, mine. Gosh, man. I would have to say um, opening night, the year after we won the division. I, totally missing the dates out of my head right now or the year but uh, well, be 2013 yeah exactly yeah but it was it was cool to you know see the the pacific division banner kind of being up uh, it was just cool but uh, you know the game wasn't great afterwards but to be a part of you know one of the only things that uh, like that in the team's history or you know to be there to witness it was, was pretty neat yeah that's, that's cool didn't know you went to that game uh, I guess uh, for mine it was uh, I flew out for a police test and it was November 3rd or 4th 2019 it was a Kachina Saturday my first one I live in Texas um, hopefully to the end of the year and I got to go, brought my girlfriend, my cousin, uh, my aunt. She ended up going because my other cousin couldn't show up. And uh, we had shut out the Avs. Phil Kessel scored. I was a huge Phil Kessel fan. I think that was the first year we had him, pretty sure. And uh, I just had a good time. I mean, it just was one of probably the best days of my life. But if not that one, if I may add a second one, um, for my graduation 2012, I got to sit behind the Coyotes bench in Dallas. Uh, my grandparents got me that for, again, a graduation gift. And that was to sit that close to Doan and be that close to the players was probably probably the best day. I could have died that day and been totally fine. 18, be like, yeah, I'm good. That's it. And life, I peaked on that day, to be honest with you. Uh, that was just, I mean, oh, I also got a puck. I think it was, I want to say it's Ekman Larson. I'm not 100% sure, but he saw me in the jersey and he shot a puck at the glass. I think it was on my phone or something. And one of the trainer guys saw me tossing the puck. I still have it somewhere in my room. I'll dig it up. But, uh, yeah, those are definitely the two best days of my life, probably. Nice. Yeah, good, good times. So I guess uh, since we're getting low on our time, we got about a little 10 minutes left, uh, let's talk about our favorite goal that you guys can remember uh, in your heads. Um, yeah, go ahead, Granny. So I have three that I've narrowed it down to, and it's impossible for me to pick from these three. Nah, that's fine. I got two. The last one, so it's all good. But for me, it's Shane Doan's hat-trick goal, his first hat-trick. Oh, just the memories from that are just, oh, my God, I loved it. Um, the other one is the Lori Korpakoski shorthanded goal in Detroit 2010 playoffs. The announcer was talking about how the Coyotes didn't stand a chance in this arena, and we needed to make something happen. And as he says that, Martin <laughs> feels the puck, kicks it up to Lori Korpikoski, who scores, and it was just awesome. And then, but personally, the goal I always go to, 
is Chris Kalanos's uh, penalty shot goal against Patrick Wall, where Patrick Wall flipped out back in 2002, I think it was. But yeah, that one was pretty special too. Those are the three that come to my mind. What are your guys? Yeah, I um, I narrowed mine down. I've got um, my my favorite one that I see was uh, uh, 2012 playoffs, second round versus Nashville, game one. Uh, Whitney's overtime goal to win it, uh, where he kind of went to like the left of Pecorine. Uh, after a face-off win, and Pecorine kind of stuck his stick out and kind of hooked Ray Whitney around the neck, and, you know, Ray Whitney's right there just scoring. Um, that, that's probably my favorite Coyotes goal just because, you know, it's we've never up to that point never made it to the second round. We made it. We're in game one. We're like, all right, we've accomplished something. We finally did something that took so long to do. And then next thing you know, we go up one to zero in that second series, and it was just awesome. And I, I love that goal. I can still see it in my head to this day. So yeah, those are. I remember that one too. The twenty twelve. I think I was at. I think because I was in Texas at the time. It was my senior year of high school. Yeah, I think my dad took me to somewhere. I think Hooters to watch that game. I remember that actually. The twenty twelve one. My favorite. I was gonna say Don's hat trick. Would probably be when Garland scored off his face. I think that was just pretty cool. Yeah, that was really interesting. Like, oh, I thought it was cool. I was like, I remember Datsuk did something like that. I think in the KHL, and I thought, man, that's pretty cool. We have Datsuk on our team after all. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Garland, that was crazy. I love Garland. Yeah. So with our last, uh, I think we have about just over five minutes here. I have, I do, I will actually take my question of the week. Uh, it will be if you're rebuilding Mount Rushmore or Mount Camelback or whatever mountain you so choose, what would be your Coyotes players you would put on there? I imagine we'll have a lot of overlap, but I'll go ahead and ask anyway. Yeah, I have to imagine we're going to have one in common amongst them all. And my guess would probably be up to three. Uh, definitely my for, for me, it's pretty, it's the first three are easy. Don't. Obviously. Of course, yeah. Then you have Kachuk and Ronick. Then after that, it gets a little bit tougher. I'm going to say Nikolai Havi Bullen hmm. barely edges out Dave Tippett. Oh, wow. Dave Tippett on there. That'd be cool. I didn't expect a coach, actually. Uh, it's really close. It's a toss up between the two of them for me, but I want to say Nikolai Havlin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if I'm gonna go, you gotta give me donor. He's he's number one. Um, original captain Coyote Keith Kachuk. I still have his jersey. I had to give it to my wife since it doesn't fit me anymore. But he's awesome. He was my first favorite player. Uh, gotta throw Ronick up there too. And then my last one, I'm going to go, gosh, dang. I want to say Tepo Newmanen, but God dang. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Tepo Newmanen, uh, the, the forgotten captain, but, uh, you know, got to throw another captain up there. He's just 
an awesome guy back there, um, you know, mean and when he needed to be and just solid as defenders can be. Loved watching him play. Not a bad list. Uh, mine, I guess, don't. Obviously, you got to put don't on there. I think it's a criminal if you don't. Uh, definitely Ronick. And, you know, I was going to go with Kachuk, too. I, I knew we have some overlap. But my last one, I think I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm going to go with a player that I absolutely love, uh, especially if I said that on the record. I'm going to go with Antoine Vermette. I really like him. I know he may not be super well-known, but I liked him a lot, especially in that, you know, the playoff run we had and stuff. I just, I don't know. He's my favorite players. I really, really, really liked. Got his jersey for Christmas and everything. So I'm going to go ahead and toss him on there and accept all the hate in the comments. It's totally fine. I accept my uh, fate. You don't get any hate from me. I liked him too. You and me. So I guess, I, uh, what was that? Sorry. I got to say it, thinking about it now, it's kind of tough. I want to put Verbata on there too. I see. I actually was going to put him too. I almost was like, you know, what? I should say Verbata, but think he, I don't think he gets enough or Hansel for what he did or Hansel. That was on my other one. I almost did. Yeah. I see it. I thought that too. But I was like, no, nah, I mean, he's kind of been, you know, if like you a, put, Yand- if you put Yandel on, you got to start talking OEL then too. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a possible if you put Yandel on, I'd probably, he'd actually probably have to put OEL on before him. He could be like the like person that hosts or like you know the tour guide or something. That way, he's still there, you know, maybe like a mini statue below, maybe. But yeah, there's some there's some good names that got left off. That's for sure. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. a hard one. I know, especially kind of last minute, literally. But I was like, that's my question. I, I couldn't remember what it was. I know I had one. I was like, that's yeah. a good one, and I remembered the last second. The first three are easy. I mean, we all had the same first three. Yeah, it's for sure. Fourth one, like it's tough because it's like, fuck. Who do you, who do you cut out? Exactly. Um, no, you're right. But for yeah, like I said, for me, it's definitely Bulin. He was was a phenomenal goalie back in the day. No Cujo. The Bulin wall, baby. All right, I think that's all the time we got for this week, boys. So I guess hopefully same schedule next week. Um, you guys have any closing remarks? Busting off stuff in my head. Just thank you all for listening. Yeah, exactly. Uh, appreciate it as always. Uh, can't wait to talk again with you boys next week. And uh, maybe we'll have some more goals to talk about. I certainly hope so. Uh, I guess from on behalf of all of us here, Chirp and Yotes, you guys have a great night. Thanks for listening and see you next week.